Love Talk Radio.
Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Shalom, shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's hour. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you, Lord, forgive us all of our sins, Jesus. We repent, Jesus. Cleanse us with your mighty blood, with your holy blood, Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. Purify us. Cleanse us, Lord. Cleanse us. Cleanse us. Purify our heart, our mind, our soul, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord Jesus, we welcome you, Jesus. Hallelujah. To the Lord's hour, Holy Spirit. You're welcome, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you, Holy Spirit. Ministry your people tonight, Holy Spirit. Touch their heart. Touch their mind. And you are in control, Holy Spirit. Praise God. You are in control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, my brothers and sisters. The message tonight, life in Jesus. Praise God. Romans 7, 5, verse 6 is going to be in English tonight. I don't um, think that Sister Estrella will be here. Um, praise the Lord. Haven't received a message from her. Um, so it's going to be in English. Praise God. Hallelujah. So for a while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions, hallelujah, aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive. That's Romans 7, 5, verse 6. Praise God. So tonight I want you to see the best difference between the first and the second marriage. That is the difference between being bound to the law and being bound to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So bound to the law, life in the flesh, my brothers and sisters. So what does Paul mean when he says, while we were living in the flesh? What is this, living in the flesh, which was once true of us, but is true about no longer. The word flesh is used in different ways in the Bible. Sometimes flesh simply means the body. Paul says the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, Galatians 2 verse 20. He is referring to the life that we live in the body. Praise the Lord. That cannot be the meaning here because Christians are still living the body. When Paul says, while we were living in the flesh, he's describing something that once was true of us, but is true of us no longer. Hallelujah, depending on, on us. Sometimes flesh refers to sen- uh, sensual desire. For example, in in Galatians 5, uh, verse 17, when Paul says, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Hallelujah. Again, this cannot be the meaning here because Christians still experience the impulse to sin. We are tempted. The impulse to sin remains in us. 
but here living in the flesh is something that was once true of us, but it's true of us no longer. If we don't fall for the flesh. But here the word flesh refers simply to the life we were born with. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. But here the word flesh refers simply to the life we were born with. Our Lord used the word flesh in the same way when he spoke, hallelujah, to Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And then Jesus drew the same contract, the same contract that we have here, that which is born of the spirit is a spirit, on John 3, verse 6. For this reason, Jesus said, you must be born again, John 3, verse 7. Life in the flesh is simply the life we were born with. This is our position by nature. We are born to life in the flesh. As long as we are in the flesh, we are bound to the law. This is not a very happy position for sinners like us to be in. Hallelujah. When we get to Romans 8, Paul continues with the same, uh, the same uh, theme of this great contrast between the first and second marriage. He draws out the radical difference between what we all were by nature and what we are now, if we are in Jesus Christ. Notice how Paul continues the, the uh, contrast. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Romans 8, verse 7. Then he says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, verse 8. This is what all of us were. We all started there. The natural condition of all men and women born into the world is that we are in the flesh bound to the law, with sin working in us, producing uh, deceiving and killing, Romans 7, 8, verse 11. We were by nature hostile to God, unwilling to submit to God's law, and unable to please him, Romans 8, 7, verse 8. This is the human condition. This is what we need saving from. Now, notice the outcome of being in this position. While we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions arose by the law. We're working our members to bear fruit for death. Romans 7, verse 5. So the apostle, the apostle later says the same thing. To set the mind on the flesh is death. Romans 8, verse 6. That is life in the flesh. That is life in this miserable marriage to the law. Clearly, he is not describing a Christian. If you are in Christ, this is no longer your position. Only if you allow it and fall for it. Hallelujah. So let's be bound to Christ. Life in the spirit. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which 
held us captive so that we serve in the new way of the spirit. Romans 7, verse 6. Praise the living God. We die to that which held us captive. That is the law. We got out of the miserable marriage. We have been brought into this new and living union in which we are bound to Christ. Praise the Lord. This union is like a marriage in which we are loved and in which we can flourish. Praise the living God. The result of this union is that we serve in the new way of the spirit. Verse 7, 6. Again, Paul takes up this contrast in Romans 8, 9, 11, where he describes the position of the Christian believer. Hallelujah. Three times in these verses, he uses the word if to communicate that he is speaking about things that are only true of Christian believers. The sense, hallelujah, of these verses is that this is not true of everyone. But assuming that you are a Christian, this is what is true of you. To be a Christian means that the spirit, the spirit of God dwells in you, right? You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Romans 8, verse 9. To be a Christian means that Christ lives in you. Praise the Lord. But if you still have those flesh desires, don't fall for it and repent daily. Praise God. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Romans 8 verse 10. Hallelujah. To be a Christian means that by the spirit, the Father lives in you. See John 14, verse 23. If the spirit of hell who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he, hallelujah, who raised Christ, Jesus, from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Romans 8, verse 11. This puts you in entirely different position from the life you were born with in that old miserable marriage to the law. And notice the outcome. When we were in the flesh and bound to the law, Paul says that we were bearing fruit for death. And God have mercy. But now he says to believers, you die, you die to the law, to the body, hallelujah, of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that you may bear fruit for God. Praise God. In Romans 8, he describes the fruit of being in Christ again. To set the mind and the spirit, it's life and peace. Romans 8, verse 6. There's a huge difference between life in the flesh and life in the spirit. To the Christian believers, Paul can say, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, Romans 8, verse 9. There's only one way to move from the miserable marriage, 
to the law and to the new and living union. And that is to die, hallelujah, rise in Christ. That is a, hallelujah, it's a journey that takes you forward. It is irreversible. When you have died, you never go back. That is important because Paul's words about living in the flesh and living in the spirit have sometimes been understood to mean that when Christians are, hallelujah, at our worst, we are living in the flesh. And when we are at our best, we are living in the spirit. As if somehow we slip back and forth between the two. Tonight I really felt that I was in the spirit. But yesterday I think I was pretty much in the flesh. I am convinced that this is a complete misunderstanding of Romans 7 and 8. When Paul speaks here about living in the flesh, he's speaking about something that once was true of us, but is true of us no longer. While we were living in the flesh, Romans 7 verse 5. But now, having died to that which held us captive, Romans 7 verse 6. Romans 7 is not about Christians at our best and Christians at our worst. It is about the contrast between the first and second marriage. It is about the radical difference between being bound to the law and being bound to Jesus Christ in the new, in this new and living union. Hallelujah. Praise God. So get this contract settled in your mind. Life in the flesh means that all you have is the life you were born with. Life in the spirit means that you have a new life in Jesus Christ. You died and rose with Christ, and the spirit of God lives in you. There are two kinds of people in the world, people who are living in the flesh and people who are living in the spirit. All of us are either one or the other. You can be both at the same time. We don't go back and forward between the two. The way in which you move from life, hallelujah, in the flesh to life in the spirit is through union with Jesus Christ. To the Christian believers, Paul says you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit, Romans 8 verse 9. This takes us to the heart of what it means to be a Christian. A Christian is a person who is no longer in the flesh, but in the spirit. A Christian is a person who is no longer bound to the law, but bound to Jesus Christ. Praise God. A Christian is a person, hallelujah, who is no longer bearing fruit for death, but serving in the new way of the spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the living God. Why we need Romans 7? Romans 7 is the cure, hallelujah, for perfectionism. Some of you live under a crushing burden. Let me try to describe what it's like. And then to show you, hallelujah, how what we have been learning here is the truth that will set you free. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the living God. You say to yourself, I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. I died and I rose with him. I have new life in Christ. The Holy Spirit of God lives in me. 
Therefore, I should be able to live a truly holy life. Now, it all depends on the person, right? Amen? So you set your mind to that task. You say, I am going to get right as a wife and as a mother. I am going, hallelujah, to get a right as a husband, father, leader. I am going to live as Christ calls me to live. And as the Holy Spirit empowers me to live. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And yet, and yet somehow you never do. What actually happens is that you have spent a great deal of time worrying when you should be trusting and you find that you are constantly frustrated with yourself for not being a better Christian. Hallelujah. Praise God. All over the congregation, there will be women and men who recognize that description. The problem for that perfectionist is that she takes seriously the power of Christ, but does not adequately consider the outgoing presence of sin. There is more to sin than wrong actions that you can put behind, hallelujah, behind you when they have been confessed and forgiven. There's more to it than that. We have been learning from Romans 7 that sin is a power. It is an impulse that resides in you. And even though you are a Christian, this impulse remains in you. As long as you are in this life, you will never become the perfect Christian. You will never be able to say, I did it. I lived the life that God has called me to live. Thank God for that. Because if you did, you will have lost sight of your need for a Savior. Praise God. Hallelujah. However far you progress in the Christian life, you will be till your last breath in this life. A sinner who depends wholly on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. You need him as much, hallelujah, on your best days as you do on your worst. When you see that, you will be delivered, hallelujah, from the crushing burden of perfectionism. Romans 7, hallelujah, is the answer. So let me describe the opposite and again try to show you how what we have been learning in Romans 7 is the truth that will set you free. You say to yourself, I am profoundly aware of the power of sin within me. I know what it is to be thrown back to the same sin that made me miserable before. I know only too well this impulse of sin, hallelujah, that rise up in me. I have lost count of the times I have fallen into temptations, and I live with a constant sense of frustration in defeat. 
again, all over the congregation, there will be men and women, hallelujah, who recognize this description. The problem for that this is that he takes seriously the power of sin but does not adequately consider the outgoing presence of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. So your battle with the impulse to sin will continue as long as you live. We all fall and fail in many ways, but Jesus Christ lives in you. You are in the second marriage. You have union with Christ. His presence, his power, and his spirit are in you. Sin will always be your enemy, but it's no longer your master. Your battle will not end in defeat, but the grace of God you can, and you will make progress. Hallelujah. However, often you have fallen into sin. You have, and you will always have a Savior who stands with you, binds himself to you, and whose spirit is able to help you. When you see that, hallelujah, you will be delivered from being crushed by your own defeat. Praise God. So don't go through your Christian life saying, oh, rash man that I am, Romans 7, verse 24. You are made one with Christ, and because of that union, you have a deliverer. So even in the face of failure, even when you see and feel your own hallelujah righteousness, you can say with that apostle Paul, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 7, verse 25. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Here we have two opposite errors that has taught the lives of Christian believers. Perfectionism. Defeatism. Both come from going back to measuring ourselves by the law, and both are addressed by the great truth of Romans 7. Captures the truth. We have been learning with wonderful, hallelujah, clarity. Your words days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah. There is a diminished version of Christianity that is often found among people who have not grasped this great truth of union with Christ. Jesus forgives you when you mess up in order that you will be a good person who keeps the law. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that produces a, a wooden, joyless 
attempt at discipleship that often lacks any real intimacy with God. And all the time you live with the feeling that God has in it in for you. If you don't get it right, union with Christ moves you from dirty to the light. It moves you from downward and joyless. Attempt a discipleship to a new freedom and joy that flows from loving Christ. Some people may say, I used to come to church or the Lord's Hour because I thought it was something I needed to do to be a good person. So why do you come now? Hallelujah. I hope you say because you love Jesus. Praise God. He's the answer. He's our Savior. We are here because of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's all, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him because he gave, hallelujah, his life for you. He gave it all for you. Praise the Lord. There's all the difference in the world between these two things. Why do you pray? Why do, do you give and serve and tell the truth and stay loyal when being faithful isn't easy? It is because you think this is something you should do in order to be a good person? Or it is because you love Jesus? That is the difference between the first and second marriage. In the second marriage, there's love and life and freedom and peace and joy. Jesus Christ says something better to you than I, hallelujah, than I, I forgive you. He says, I forgive you. Now go and do better next time, he says. I forgive you and I bind myself to you. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I give you my spirit and I will dwell within you. Praise the Lord. That's what the Lord says. Praise God. The law cannot love you, and the law cannot give you strength, and the law will never let you rest. You will never find peace by measuring yourself against the law. But in Jesus Christ, there is strength, there is joy, there is life, and there is peace. There's all the difference in the world between the first and the second marriage. Hallelujah, praise God. Who's right in first? Hallelujah, got me thinking about this serious says. Christ puts himself in the place of the law. He smiles at us and says, look, look, you will never be good by following the finger pointing at the law. But look at me smiling at you, loving you, caring for you, forgiving you. I will save you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. This Lord Jesus Christ says, come to me, all you who are weary, all who are having laden, all you who have been beating yourself up trying to be a better person, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Find yourself to me and I will bind myself to you and you will, hallelujah, find rest for your souls. My brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. We all fall short from the grace of God. We all have sinned, and all we can do is ask forgiveness to Jesus and repent daily. We should repent every day, every time that you can think of, because we all have sinned. 
We all sin. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we have a merciful God that he forgives us every day if we repent. When we come to him in repentance, through repentance, he forgives us. He cleans our heart. Hallelujah. Through Jesus. Yes, we have a God that is strong, consuming fire. But he, he also, hallelujah, is full of mercy. And he's still calling you. And he's there with you. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you out. Just ask him, hallelujah, to help you out and to forgive you. Praise the Lord. We have an awesome God. We have a wonderful, hallelujah, counselor. We have a wonderful God. We have a powerful God. We have a merciful God. Praise the Lord. Come to Jesus. And he will give you rest. He will give you hope. There's hope in Jesus. He saves. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Jesus forgives you when you messed up. In order that you will be a good person who keeps the law. Say, Lord, forgive me, Jesus. Every time that you can think of, forgive me, Lord, I repent. I repent, Jesus, and do it, and do it truly, faithful. Lord, forgive my sins. I repent, Jesus. Cleanse me with your blood, Jesus, and purify my heart. And Jesus forgives us. Hallelujah. Because we have a good God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We cannot judge one another, my brothers and sisters. Praise God. Only God can judge. Because we all have failed. Hallelujah. We all have sinned. Against God. And only God. Hallelujah. Only God. Jesus Christ can forgive you. And, and he is the only one who can judge. That's his job. We don't, we don't need to take his job. We're not good at that. Jesus Christ is the best. Hallelujah. He's the number one. He should be one in your life. Before everything, before anyone, before anyone else, before anything, to be number one in your life. Praise God. We shall obey the Lord. Because he deserves it. 
He's a mighty king. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And he deserves to be honored. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have a personal, have a personal relation with Jesus. Get close to Jesus. Come and get saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The time is near. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming back. Praise the Lord. We don't know the day and the hour, but we know. Hallelujah. We know that he's coming back. We're seeing we're seeing things, we're seeing signs, we're seeing a lot of stuff around the world. The world is just it's getting crazy every day, my brothers. It's just getting worse. We've got to be ready at all times. Praise, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're awesome, Jesus. You're wonderful, Lord. Thank you for everything, Jesus, and you give us all the goodness, Lord. My Lord, I pray, Jesus, for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that you will touch their hearts, minister Holy Spirit into their hearts. I pray, Jesus, that, Lord, that you will help them out, Jesus. Whatever situation they're going through, and you know, Lord, whatever whatever it is, Lord, any kind of help that they need, Jesus, I pray that you will help them out, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I pray, Jesus, that you will give them, Lord, what they need, that you will that you will give them wisdom, Jesus. I pray that you will help them that so they will not give up, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Help them out, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. I pray, Jesus, that they will not fall into temptation, Lord. Be careful, my brothers and sisters, because, hallelujah, we're so close. And the enemy could do anything that he would like to do to get you away from Jesus. Be careful. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you, Lord, will help them, Jesus, that they will not fall into temptation, that they will not go backsliding, Jesus, that they will not go back to the world, Jesus. I pray that they will be bound to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray that you will guide them, Lord. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise be your name, Lord. My brothers and sisters, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord, what he wants us to do now, my brothers and sisters, is to fast, is to pray, and go into repentance. 
He was letting me know that yesterday. He came and visited me again, and that's what he wants us to continue to do. If you're doing it, praise the Lord for it. You know, praise God. Continue to do it, my brothers and sisters. Don't give up, my brothers and sisters. Don't give up. Don't give up. Just stay there with Jesus. Do not let Jesus go. Do not. Do not, my brothers and sisters. The enemy is trying everything possible to get you away from Jesus because we are almost at the end line. We're almost right there. Do not let the enemy deceive you. Do not let the enemy come and put some negative thoughts in your mind. Do not let the enemy say, oh, you know, it will feel good if you go, if you do this again or if you will go backsliding or if he can send you somebody or anyone, my brothers and sisters, to make you fall. Do not, do not fall for it. Do not. And stay close to Jesus, my brothers and sisters. Stay close to Jesus. Be bound to the Lord. If you are with Jesus, nothing can happen to you. Praise God. Continue to pray. Continue to fast. Continue to repent. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is your protector. He's your guidance. He will guide you. Praise God. But remember, we have an enemy. And we should not, we should not, hallelujah, praise God, we should not let any doors open for the enemy. Not even one, my brothers and sisters. Just stay close to God. Persevere till the end. Till the end, my brothers and sisters. Till the end. Jesus, my brothers and sisters, let me tell you one thing. Jesus, my goodness, Jesus is so awesome. He is He is so good. He's an awesome God. He's a merciful God. He's a merciful God. Don't think that just because you have sinned that Jesus is not going to forgive you. No. That's a lie from the enemy. You come to Jesus and you repent and come back and sing no more. But Jesus is there to forgive you. Jesus is there, my brothers and sisters, 24-7 on your side. He sent angels also to, to, to take care of you. Angels fight. You don't see. You can't see, my brothers and sisters, if, if uh, uh, well, excuse me for saying that, but some, some, of you, some of you might probably see some angels. But, you know, the spiritual life, For some people, you know, it's hard to see. But there are angels that are fighting for you. Hallelujah. God sent his angels. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the living God. God is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are awesome. You are an awesome God. 
Psalms 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, listen to this, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my stress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you. Jesus will save you, my friend, that are listening. From the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence, he will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will find refuge. will be your shield. Now listen to that. His faithfulness. His faithfulness will be your shield. And Rampart, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that starts in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your sight, and thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, say, Lord, you are my refuge. Lord, you are my refuge. Jesus, you are my refuge. Jesus. Hallelujah, you are my refuge, Lord. And you make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will treat on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me. Because he loves me, hallelujah, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him for the knowledge is my name. Excuse me, knowledge is my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. You are in trouble. The Lord will be with you. Have faith, my brother. I will be with him in trouble, says the Lord. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is our God. That is the King of kings. That's the God that we got. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Continue to do what you're doing. Do not be afraid because God is with you. And if God is with you, who can be against you? Praise God. Do not let any doors open. Don't open any doors to the enemy. Continue to be with the Lord. May the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. May the Lord shine his face upon you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. May the Lord Jesus Christ give you his shalom. Praise Jesus. May God always be with you. Praise the Lord. May God always be with you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He forgives us all. 
Thank you, Father God, for Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And help us to persevere till the end, Father God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord Jesus Christ bless you, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, hallelujah, for listening to the word of God. Shalom, shalom, God willing. Next Wednesday, my brothers and sisters, praise God. May the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of all, hallelujah, the Lord of lords, bless you. Bless you, bless you. Praise God. Shalom. Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. Praise your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> God is so awesome. He is so good, brothers and sisters. We serve such a mighty, mighty, wonderful God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to go ahead and, and read James chapter 3 because I believe this word, it, it, it is so important for the last day. Praise your Lord. It says on James 3, 1, my brethren, be not a many master, knowing that we shall receive greater condemnation. For in many things we we sin, oh. For in many things we sin, oh. If any man sin, not in words, he is perfect man.
you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I apologize, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Don't have the connection. This just cut off. Hallelujah. Um, brothers and sisters, I know some of the people that uh, were trying to go back to the archive for yesterday's program were not able to. And so uh, later on, as I, as I play some of the prophecy, I'm going to also play that, that, that short audio of the message Father God has given me for his people. Praise you, Lord. Amen. And, and people will be able to listen to. Uh, uh, praise you, Lord. It is, to some of the people, it, it was just a, such a confirmation of what the Lord is saying. Praise you, Lord. God, God the Father. Praise you, Lord, is very angry at the phony, of the fakers, of, of, it, of preachers who are preaching his word that are not pleasing him. Praise you, Lord, that are not walking with his son. And walking with his son in his last day must be a must. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. So James chapter 3, verse 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. For in many things we, we sin all. If any man sin not in, in, in word, he is perfect man, and able to rid all his body. Behold, we put a bed into the horse's mouth, that they should not, that they should obey us, and we turn about all their body. Behold, we also ships which, uh, which though they be so great, are driven fierce wind, yet... They turn about with a very small rudder, whatsoever the governor listed. Whatever we wanted to turn the ship, we, we, we do. Praise the Lord. Even so, the tongue, it is a little member, and it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a, a, a thing little fire candle. Praise the Lord. The fire candle. Praise the Lord. It is just a little thing. Amen. The tongue is just a little thing. But what the word, what God is telling us, we, we must have control of our tongue. Because in there, there's life and death. The word of God teaches us, Proverbs. Amen. And God wants us to say the right thing, not the wrong things. Let thy yes be yes, or thy yea be yea. Yes, and your no be no. Um, I... I since I heard that word when Jesus says in Matthew that let your yes be yes and your no be no, uh, I I immediately understood that God don't like when we are like maybe. Amen. Praise your Lord. You don't like maybe or if. Praise your Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, it's in Matthew 5:37. But let your communication be yea, yea. Nay, nay, yes, yes, no, no. For what whatsoever is more than these commit of evil, coming from evil, and so it coming from evil. It don't come any word of if or maybe don't come from God because God is yes. When you when you ask God, when you pray to God and you ask God for something, you you don't expect God to say maybe. You either want God to say yes most of the time, right, or no. You want to know whether God is going to answer your prayer or not. Praise the Lord. And, and God knows that we would ask for things that we might not get. 
but it don't mean that God will not uh, go, we say, out of, out of his way to, to help. He, he's always in the way, which is Jesus Christ. He's always, he always goes through his son, Jesus, uh, reaching out to save soul. No one comes to the Father. I said the Father brings him, says the Lord. So he always uh, uh, worked through his son to bring someone to his son. He works through him. Because Jesus is the way, the life, the truth. So he worked through his son, the truth. The true word is being preached, his word, the life. He wants the person to have life. It don't matter uh, how deep the sin, sin that person may be. He still wants the person to have life. It happened abundantly in his son. When, when, when Father brings someone to Jesus, it is not just to give them life, but it's to give it to them abundantly. Abundant talks about um, uh, endless life. Abundant, that no matter what you go through, he's there for you. Praise you, Lord. And though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Because he is with us. He's given us life. We're going to the valley of the shadow of death. But he's given our life. The abundant life is manifested when we go to the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you, Lord, for his mercy. Verse 6. And so the tongue is a fire, yea, a word, a world of wickedness. So is the tongue set among our member, and it is defiled the whole body. It seated on fire or the curse of nature, and it's set on fire to hell. Um, I don't know if some of you have heard. And some of, I like to watch Discovery Channel, History Channel. I like to watch uh, new technology, what, what, what is being discovered or made new. And, and the U.S. and their spice plane, planes have great technology, which other countries already are cutting up to. And what is going on with that technology, it is a, it is a, it is a capturing uh, sound, wave sound technology that whatever someone said yesterday, it can be captured today or tomorrow or next week with these equipment, and they can play it back and hear something that was spoken last week by an enemy. An enemy can say a word. And these spies playing from, from the cloud, thousands of feet upon the cloud. It don't even to be close to the earth. Because the word that we speak echo, and it actually go around the whole earth, confirming exactly what James says here, brothers and sisters. And with these uh, fine equipment, they can recapture uh, the wave sound, brothers and sisters, the wave sound. Every, every word you and I speak produces a way. Praise the Lord, a way. And, and the sounds will fade away, but not the way. So the sound will fade away, but it doesn't die. That's what the expert of in sound has this, this, discovered over the years. And that's why they use these, these inspired planes, these, these highly so, so, sophisticated equipment, so they can capture the sound of something that was said last week by by U.S. enemy, and play it back and know exactly what they say, word by word, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. And it's so awesome. When I seen that, it was like reading the Bible all over again and just thinking what, what, what James says here, 
The tongue is a fire, yea, a world of wickedness. Praise the Lord. Now, one of the things, before I continue reading, I heard scientists saying is that when you speak a negative word, it has a negative effect. When you speak a positive word, it has a positive effect. And the positive effect can be so powerful, as they have noticed, which is in the Word of God, it can give life. If you speak life, praise the Lord, when that word is heard by someone, it will actually uh, bring the, the person's spirit or body alive even more. In, in one of the testimonies that I heard from heaven, angel, when they speak, when they bless one, each, one another in heaven, they, they bless each other with the breath of God, with the life of God. So in heaven, they have a clear understanding of this. And men, with thousands of years of technology, now are cutting out to understanding even better that there is life in the, mouth, in the tongue, in the mouth, in the word. There is life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me look down in, in Proverbs. Life. Thank you, Lord. Because it, it, it really helps people even understand more. Because this, this happens in heaven. Hallelujah. It happens in heaven. They give the breath, the breath of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, we got an example. Romans fourteen eleven. For it is written, I live, I live, said the Lord, in every need shall bow to me, and all tongues shall confess to God. In that confession, there is life and there is power. Praise the Lord. That life is in the Word, brothers and sisters. That, it's an amazing thing for the DM discover with his new technology, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. And I'm, I'm looking at right now in in proverb because it is a proverb. I'm having a tough time speaking, brothers and sisters, today. My tongue. Praise you, Lord. I'm hoping that uh, uh, some of you understand what I'm trying to say or what I'm saying. Praise you, Lord. It's kind of the words that are coming out of my mouth, I hope some of you understand them. Because, uh, praise you, Lord, I hear myself and I'm like, oh, wow. The words are not coming out clear. It's like my tongue needs to rest. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But I want to be obedient to the Lord and and, and just come and share life in, in, in the mouth. I'm trying to find that in Proverbs. I'm not, I'm not being sexual here. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe someone can help me. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And so it, it is so powerful. It is so powerful. Are you able to find it? Proverbs 13. Um, thank you, Lord. Proverbs 13. Oh, no, no. 13. 13. 3. Praise the Lord. Okay. Three. All right. There it is. Proverbs 13. He that, he that guarded his mouth keepeth his life, but he that opened wide his lips should meet destruction. There's another one related to life. And Thank you, Lord. And then, yes, in another Proverbs 10:11, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. It's a fountain of life. Praise the Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. And so those are the, are the words I'm, I'm trying to put together here. Praise the Lord. And if, if you're going to see, see it so clear, wait. Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21, okay. It should. Uh, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. God is so awesome. Thank you, Lord. It is one of those days with the word is hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So the power is in the tongue. Is the one that life is in the tongue. In the power of the tongue. In the power of the tongue. That is Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Uh praise the Lord. It's not giving me the okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So Proverbs eighteen twenty one, dead and life are in the power of the tongue. And they the lovers shall eat out of the fruit thereof. So uh the fruit the fruit is life. The fruit is life, brothers and sisters. That's what the fruit is. Praise the Lord. The fruit is life. And so uh the word that we speak, especially speaking them by faith, because the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, what James says is the tongue is a fire, yea, a, a world of wickedness. So if the tongue set among our members, that it defile the whole body, and, and set it on the fire of the curse of nature. Now, see how the, the course, course of nature, see how the, the tongue, speaking to the tongue, is related, brothers and sisters, shalom sister, is related to nature. And that is re- should be related to life, life, and it's set out on the fire of hell. So it can give life, and it can also ruin someone to hell, the word we speak, brothers and sisters. And so with these equipment, they can capture the wave of every word and just uh, praise the Lord, uh, see the destruction, see what someone has said, whether it was good or evil. Praise the Lord. They're always looking for enemies. What the enemies are saying, brothers and sisters, and it's in the word. That's even in the word of God. Verse seven: For the whole nature of, of beast and bird and creeping things, and the things of the seed is tame, and has been tamed. Hallelujah! Of the nature of man. In other words, man has been able to tame all kinds of animals, have control over them. That's what James is saying. Men that have control all over all kinds of animals, praise the Lord, but not necessarily over their own tongue, over their own speaking, their own language. Because if you're able, God says you're perfect, said James. You're perfect in your speaking. So this is why we need to be careful what we say. Because if you say something negative to someone, you are cursing that person. Praise the Lord. Although we, we should bless, says the Lord, and bless and not curse. Why? Because of the result of the power of the word, of the tongue, the word that comes out of our mouth. Praise the Lord. And they don't die. You speak a word against someone, that word don't die. You think it does. It just fades away, but it goes around the earth. And it stays, brothers and sisters. It don't die. Can you believe where you just, uh, um, the word that I'm speaking tonight, don't die. They stay alive, brothers and sisters. 
praise you, Lord. I believe until God creates a new heaven and a new earth, brothers and sisters. This is why it's so important that we watch out what we say. We are so careful with every word we say. Let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whosoever is more than these commit evil, says Jesus. God don't want us to be speaking negative but positive unto each other, unto, unto the souls, unto the world, unto everything, because God wants to save the world, and he's using us to do it. He's using our communication to do it, a way to communication, our tongues, our language, our mouth. God is using us. You can speak blessing to your family, to your children, to your own life, brothers and sisters. When you speak positive, when you speak health, praise your Lord. It is so powerful. It is just so powerful, brothers and sisters, that we focus on Jesus. And we focus, hallelujah, we meditate on what we say we, before we say it. We are being so careful to say things that we don't offend, that we, it was, I just remember a testimony of a pastor, a young pastor in his neighborhood. He, he was growing up among gangsters, uh, drug dealers. There was so much drugs in his neighborhood. And he has given his life to the Lord. And he was going to church, but he didn't want to be the same like every single, every other single Christian who just goes to church, ignore the, the prostitute, ignore the drug dealer, and are not willing to reach out to them. And one night, he's praying. He's seeking the Lord. He's fasting. So I'm going to fast to the Lord to hear from the Lord. What, how should I reach out to these people? How can I win them for Christ, for the kingdom? Praise the Lord. And he, he began to, to pray to the Lord. And one night, the Lord showed him a vision where Jesus said, Jesus showed him a vision of all the prostitutes, all the other drug dealers and all these people, future. He says, he showed them, he showed them the future. And in the future, the prostitute that was up there, Telling her body in the future, she was a great wife with children and a family. A decent, fearing, God-fearing woman. She had, she had given her life to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, and the Lord says to him, after he showed the life of each of these people, he knew, this is the way I see them. This is the way because this is the plan I have for them. And it touching so much. The Lord says, if you believe that I can change these people's life, if you can see them change, if you can see them change, if you can see the life change, if you can see them as a new creature, if you can, if you can uh, uh, see them, imagine them in your mind change, and you pray and fast and reach out to them, I will do it through you. Because this is what I want to do in their life. Praise the Lord. And this man of God, Shalom, Sister Treya, began to sought to seek the Lord. And he sought the Lord about this through fast, through prayer for each and one of those lives. That what the Lord has shown him about them being changed, that's exactly what he wants. And he went to the drug dealers and the people he knew around his neighborhood. 
And he said, what? You man, you need to come to Jesus. You know how I see you? I see you a man who stopped selling drugs. So instead of taking away from the community, now you're putting back, you're giving back to the community. You're helping the community. You're going to be a changed man in the Lord. This is how I see you. And he started speaking positive, positive word into the life. He started telling them how he was seeing them changed by God, serving God, now being good, hallelujah, to the community. Praise your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And he worked with them each day he encountered them, and he went out for hours every day after he fasted and prayed to reach out to them, to let them know how he see them change in the Lord, a new man and a new woman. Praise you, Lord. In a few years, hallelujah, a few months, few years, they began to, some of them could not resist. They, some of them had gone to jail and spent time in jail. Some of the prostitutes had gone to jail, too. Some of his friends had been locked up, and, and he kept praying and fasting for them. And God began to work in their life. And as they come out, some of them began to say, man, you picture such a, such a beautiful life. Do you truly believe that I can have that life? And he says, I, my God, can change you. He can make you into a new creature. And they began to receive the Lord there in the street. He began to minister, praying over them. And they began to be set freed from the bondage of the enemy. Praise the Lord. In order to sign the prostitute, the drug dealer, the people of the street began to believe his vision that they can be great men and great women in the Lord, changed by the Lord. And they came. And the church began to be filled with these people. And these men, these men began to grow and grow in the Lord. Praise you, Jesus, and become different. And there were so many of them, they began to input to the, to the community. A lot of them became different in prof, different professions. And in those professions, they began to help the community as God changed the life. And one day, that pastor, hallelujah, the Lord asked him and said, your work here is finished with all those people. Now we're moving you to New York City. Praise the Lord. And when he, got, when he was moved to the city in New York City, Praise the Lord. He found a church that was about to be closed. The leaders, people had left the church. And now, praise the Lord, the, 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 the elder were the, practically the only people left. And they had given up because the, the loan of the church was so much money. They needed to come up in three, in three months for $10,000. And each one said to each other, all we have is our bills to pay, we cannot pay for $10,000 loan. And that pastor showed up at the door and said, God has sent me here, praise the Lord, to this church, to pastor this church. And they said, Pastor, you have come in here late, too late. Praise the Lord, because we are about to give this church to the bank, because we cannot, we need to come up with $10,000 in three months. And the pastor said, God never comes in late. He never comes in late. I am here sent by God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And he, they started telling me how they could not pay for the loan. And he says, he says, but the money 
should come out of the community. If you're helping the community, if you are feeding the community, God will provide to pay for the church out of the community. They said, Pastor, most of our community is poor. There's so much homeless people. How can the money come out of the community? And he asked them one question, preaching that day, the pastor said, after he united them and said, I got a message that I need to preach to you. And the pastor said, how much billions of dollars man Donna makes? Praise the Lord. And he said, oh, pastor, what, two billion, two hundred billion? And he said, how much of that money comes out of the poor community? Did the homeless people in the street who go to McDonald's to buy a burger, praise the Lord, they have to pay for a burger, three or four or five dollars, and McDonald's makes $200 billion out of them, praise the Lord. Can not God touch their heart and have them give one dollar for the, the $10,000 to be paid off? And he, he brought it so practical. You're looking at the problem, but you're not looking at your God. Your God can provide to the poor for this money to be paid, paid off, for the church to be paid off. He said, Pastor, but how are we going to go to the community and ask if you want to give us a dollar? And the pastor said, you're looking at it wrong. Let's create an activity where we give what we have and we minister the word, we feed them spiritually, and when they are fed spiritually, they will, we will ask them to donate one dollar. Praise God if they feel like donating one dollar. God will take care of the rest. And they created an activity, and they went out to the whole neighborhood, and they invited people, homeless people, everyone that could come, praise the Lord, because they had a meal to feed everyone, praise the Lord. Just to feed, they, they had a, a big enough meal one day to feed everyone from the community in the street. They got to cook. They came out with two, four hundred bucks for food. They did the shopping for that day, the food, everything they needed to give it to them for free. And as God would touch their heart, they would donate, they would ask them to donate one dollar, no more. Praise the Lord. They, they went out. And they told the homeless, they gave them pamphlet, and they said, look, praise God, come to this meal voluntarily. You don't have to donate to the church unless you feel like donating. You don't have to give nothing. The meal is for free. Praise the Lord. We are going to share the word. You're going to be fed by the word. Yes, we have food, but the word, too. And as the pastor began to share the word and let them know, praise God, that the food they would eat, We'll go to the bathroom and we'll be at But the, the the food that will come from God, it will last for an eternity. It will last forever. And as those homeless people, as those people from the street began to hear the message, one said, oh, I've been looking for this type of food for such a long time. And I was wondering where it was, where this food was. I've been so hungry for this food, and I've been waiting for someone. I've been waiting for someone of God to bring us this food. We've been so hungry, they say. Praise the Lord as he shared the word of God, the food that is ever, ever, everlasting food. 
Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. And as people were ministered, as the word touched their heart and life, brothers and sisters, and the pastor said, do you, do you people want to continue to come to this church to receive this type of food? All the homeless and the prostitutes and the people say, yes, we want to come to this place to hear, to receive that food. Brothers and sisters, this food is what we need, they say. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And I tell you this, this, this church, this church has a need. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to donate one dollar, one dollar to support the need of this church, the pastor says. Praise the Lord. And the pastor didn't even have to finish saying the word when people came forward giving that one dollar. Some people wanted to give more, but the pastor said, if, if you feel led to give more, you could, but I'm only asking you for one dollar. One dollar. There are many people here. One dollar will make a difference. Praise the Lord. And pe- some people began to donate more than one dollar. Praise the Lord. And before the three months was over, they have money not just to pay what the church owes. They have more money to pay the entire loan for the church, brothers and sisters. It's how you see your life. It's how you see the world. It's how you see the problem. You may see the problem with no way with no way out. So thank you, Sister Shay Haggai two eight. Silver, so silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. There you go. Everything belongs to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. David said in Psalm twenty three one says the Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd. I shall not want I shall not want. He making me rest in green pasture, leading me by the still water. He restored my soul and lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with thy rod and thy staff that comfort me. Thou appear a table before uh, before me in the sight of my adversary, my enemy, that thou anoint my head with oil and my cup running over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. You may see yourself and your problem with no exit, with no way out. Ask the Lord to show you the way out. Ask him to let you see his way. This man of God, God has changed many lives prior to this church. Show them another way. Selling drugs was not the way. Prostitution was not the way. God has another way to change your life to change your situation, ask him to show you, for you to see the other way. You may be struggling financially, but it's because you're seeing your problem one way, the human way maybe, the negative way. But ask the Lord to show you, hallelujah, your problem the way he sees it. Lord, I want to see my problem. I want to see my situation the way you see it, and watch when he shows you his way. Oh, man, you immediately see the way out. And you'll laugh and say, oh, man, it was so simple. I've been all this year questioning God, struggling with my faith, questioning whether God was going to get me out of this or not. 
and it's because you've been seeing your problem your way, and your way is not the way. The Lord's way is the way. Remember this. The Lord's way is the way. Stop seeing things your way. Start judging things with your own mind, your own way, brothers and sisters. Let the Lord show you the solution. When this man of God came and looked at these elders, he laughed and said, they said, what are you laughing for? Because you've been seeing this your way. The way of the Lord is better. Thank you, Lord. And each one of those men, as they sat there, and they were fed manna. They were fed the word from heaven. Praise you, Lord. I tell you, the life will change. They wanted now to be there. They did not want the church to be closed because now they understood, praise the Lord, that God's way is always the best way and that he always has to wait out out of every problem. In the name of that commander-in-chief that will lead you out of your problem is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. He is the commander-in-chief, and he will lead you out of your problem. He will lead you. Out of the situation, you can see no way out. Just ask the Lord, pray fast. Commit your life to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. These men have committed their life to the problem, not to the Lord. Because if you commit your life to the Lord, he always has a way out. Thank you, Lord. And that's what mostly people do. They will commit to what they're going through more than committing to God. And God is asking you to commit to him. Praise the Lord. To seek the kingdom of heaven first. And that every other thing will be added unto you. Because you're committing yourself to the added things. Praise the Lord. To the surplus. Instead of adding yourself to the, to the one that provides it all. To the one that has control of all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Commit your life to the Lord tonight. Say, Lord, I commit my life to you, Lord. Praise the Lord, Lord. I want a deeper commitment, Lord, in my relationship with you, Lord. And I don't want it to be my way anymore, Lord, but I want it to be your way, Lord Jesus. Help me, Jesus, to serve you. Help me, Lord, to keep your commandment, Lord Jesus. Help me to see things your way, Lord, not my way, Jesus. Teach me, Lord. You are my rabbi. Teach me, Lord, the things that I need to learn, Lord. Praise God to see my life, to see my marriage, to see my children, to see my family, to see my situation, my business, my job, to see everything the way you see them, Lord. Not the way I've been seeing them all these years, Lord, seeing the complication, speaking the complication. Thank you, Lord. Seeing the complication, speaking the complication, meditating and talking about the complication. When you have a way, Lord, a way out out of every situation, and the Lord will show you his way. Jesus Christ is the way. That's why when Jesus was talking to the disciple in John 14, the disciple was having a tough time understanding. It's because they never heard the message being preached this way. The, the rabbi said, we never heard such a, such a teaching and hallelujah, in all Israel, they never heard such a teaching. They never heard such a man speaking the way Jesus spoke. They never did. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They never heard someone. They never heard a rabbi talking like Jesus, teaching like Jesus. 
explaining the word like Jesus. Praise you, Lord, because he was different than all. He is different than all. He is different than all. He is not the same. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, and the rest of them. He is, he is honest. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Lord. Completely honest with the Father. Pleasing the Father always. Always seeking to please Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. The Lord says to Thomas, Thomas said unto the Lord, We know not the way that thou goest. How can we know the way? Praise the Lord. How can we know the way, Lord? How? How? They never had a rabbi like him teaching them this, this way. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father, unto the Father by, by me. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. If ye know me, ye shall know the Father also. And from henceforth ye don't know, you don't know him, and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us thy Father, and it is sufficient to us. Jesus said unto him, I, I have been long time with you, have not known me, Philip. He that has seen me has seen my Father. How thou sayest thou, show us thy Father. Believe thou now that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The word that I speak unto you, I speak not on myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the work. Praise you, Lord. How can the Father do the work through Jesus? Because he was a willing vessel. He was an obedient vessel. He was a committed vessel. He was not seeking his way, but he was seeking the way of the Father. He was not seeking to do his will. But he was seeking to do the will of the Father. The way, the true, and the life. No one comes to the Father and says to him, He was not seeking his will, but the will of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, brothers and sisters. I don't know who well are you seeking tonight. Praise you, Lord. I don't know how you're seeing your problem. You might be seeing your problem, your situation, your way. But that's been wrong. That is wrong. Because the thought of God are higher than yours. Do you know that? Praise you, Lord. The thought of God are higher, hallelujah, hallelujah, than yours. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. He says that in Isaiah. He says in Isaiah 55a, hallelujah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your way my way, says the Lord. You see that even when we think we know for experience, a lot of people say, well, brother, Albert, you know, I lived so many years. I, I have so much experience. Then you're comparing yourself with God. Can you be older than God? Can at least you be older than one of his fingers or his nail or his hair? Can you at least be as older of anything God has in heaven? Not even close. God's way, praise God, are higher than your way. His thoughts are higher than yours to Jesus. And so God wants you to learn from him. And God wants you to call him in any situation that you're going through and ask him to help you. And he will come up and show you a better way. He will change your focus. He will change your view of things. A lot of our views are weekly, are, 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 are earthly, are carnal, 
and not necessarily spiritual. We we can be strong in one part of our life, but in another part we might be so weak. And then we need the Lord to help us, to help us to see things His way, to show us things, to show us the problem we're going through His way, show us the solution. Praise you, Lord. You know that a lot of a great man. Praise you, Lord. I heard this rabbi who has the story or the history uh, of every man that ever came up with the great invention in the United States and around the world. The most of their solution came out of a dream. God gave it to them, in other words. God gave these men the solution, brothers and sisters. In a dream, you can look up all the invention that has been made on earth. And everyone, thank you, Lord, of the solution that they receive, they receive in a dream. In other words, God gave it to them, brothers and sisters. It was God that gave them the, the, the revelation, the solution in, in a dream. That's why in all time, people used to use the saying, just sleep on it. Just sleep on it. It's an old saying here in the United States and around the world, just sleep on it. When you when you are going through a, a tough problem, difficult problem, and you don't see the solution, people will say, just sleep on it. Because most of the great inventions that men have, the greater technology today that men have, these men receive to a dream. It was God that gave it to them. They slept on it, and God gave it to them in a dream. They learn, in other words, to trust the Creator and weigh upon the Creator to receive an answer. Have you learned this? Have you learned to trust God for an answer for whatever situation you're going through in your life? Have you learned to sleep on it? Have you learned to say, God, show me the way? Rabbi Jesus, teach me. Give me the understanding, the wisdom. Let me know the way out of this problem, Lord. Because the Lord will give it to you. You need to sleep on it. Learn to sleep on it. Praise you, Lord. The people that they are there defying in the last day say, you're falling asleep, you're sleeping on it. You need to sleep on it. Praise you, Lord. We need to go back to, to go, going back to God and say, God, I need you to give me the solution. Hallelujah. For this problem, and God will give it to you. He will give you the solution. He will He will give you the solution to whatever problem you are facing, you are going through. We are facing one problem, and the problem that the church that we're all facing is that there is a tribulation ahead of us, very close to begin. But God already came out with a solution, and it's called the rapture, the cut up in the air. He is going to get us out of here before the problem begins. He has a solution to a bigger problem that we have that is in front of you and I, the tribulation, where people are going to change into zombie and werewolf very soon. But God already, God already came up with a solution. You've you got to get in the boat. you got to sleep on this. You're going to have to get on the boat. Like Noah, you're going to have to get on the boat. You're going to have to get in the ark. You're going to have to get in the ark. If you've been out of the ark lately, get back into the ark. This is not time to be out of the ark. 
you need, you're going to have to sleep on this, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, you're going to have to sleep on this. You need to get back in the ark. You need to get back in the ark with the Lord and trust the Lord that his solution will be the best solution for you and I to get us out of here very soon. Praise the Lord. To bring us with him into heaven until, until he renews the earth again, create the new earth in the new heaven as he promised to the prophets, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. And we begin that millennium. We come down again to begin that millennium. Do not miss the millennium for anyone or anybody. Don't get the mark of the beast either. That's not, that's not a way out for you. If you understand in the tribulation, my friends, if you understand in the tribulation, don't get the mark of the beast, the technology, the RFID in your right hand or in your forehead. Remember that we already heard and know that they already have come out, brothers and sisters, with the RFID recommended only in the right hand or in the forehead. A lot of people who try to cheat the Bible, huh? Oh, man, men think they are so smart. A lot of people try to cheat the Bible and went to the doctors in the United States, thousands of people actually, went to the doctors and got the RFID in the left hand, in the left hand. Most every single case, I mean, when they say most, it's like higher than 90% of all the people that got the RFID in the left hand have to be taken out to be put in the right hand, brothers and sisters. Oh, man. They try, they try shooting God, and when they do that, man, there's always a consequence. Always a consequence. Praise your Lord. And I tell you, I heard of the cases. I even saw cases. Of, they got cases on YouTube. You got to watch them. Of people who got the, the RFID. I should have, I, there was a good audio that I wanted to play. I, I got to download some of these audios and have them ready so when I talk about these things, I can go ahead and play the audios for people to hear from doctors, not Christian doctors, secular doctors, brothers and sisters, PCP, personal doctors, removing the RFID from people's left hand to be implanted in the right hand because the ship got, the arm got infected. The arm got infected by having the RFID. In the left hand. When it's implanted in the right hand, brothers and sisters, they had asked doctor, what is the percentage when they've injected in the right hand that it will be infected? So far, none, they say. I heard this from professional doctors in the U.S. So far, none. No cases. Of anyone being allergic to the chip in the right hand, but when it's implanted in the left hand, uh, they're allergic, they get infected, they have to be removed. Uh, sometimes days after or weeks after, right away, some cases months, they have to remove the ship. They cannot be in the left hand. They have to be implanted in the right hand. And once it's implanted in the right hand, people don't inf- don't experience any effect, any serious effect is what the doctor has said, brothers and sisters. The word of God is true for a thousand generations, brother, brothers and sisters. For a thousand generations and more, the word of God is true. They they. People try to cheat the word, and they know what the word says, and so they go to the doctor and say, no, put it in the left hand. And now doctors, heard this from professional doctors, they don't recommend the, that the RFID be implanted, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, be implanted in the left hand. They are recommending the RFID to be implanted in the right hand, 
is what doctors are saying, local doctor, local do international doctor. They're saying this. You can also find this on YouTube. All this information is on YouTube, brothers and sisters. And this is why I need to, to download some of these audio and have it, just because I know that a lot of people that don't believe the message, they doubt it. So I, I have to play it for people to see here, hear from secular doctor, not Christian doctor, and hear what they have to say about it. And they will tell you from the, their professional opinion, okay, and they'll tell you exactly that implanted in the left hand is not recommended. People will be infected. So I want to tell the, anyone, don't get the RFI, not even in the right hand. Because in the right hand, it's what the word of God, hallelujah, it's what in the, in the let me look at our revelations. And, and praise your Lord, in the left hand, brothers and sisters, I'm sorry, in the right hand is what God says, don't, don't get it. Hallelujah. So it says this, in, in uh, Revelation 13:50, He has power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast shall both speak, cause uh, to be killed. Many will worship the image of the beast. Uh, uh, praise the Lord. And he causes all boys, small, great, rich, and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or on the forehead. It's where science, medical doctor science, has found out, brothers and sisters, that the RFID will be the right place to be implanted in the human body, in the right hand or on the forehead. And so he's going to cost them all. Uh, Obama's looking to have this done by after 2017, uh, I believe he says. Praise your Lord. Verse, verse uh, 17. That no man might buy or sell, work or work, or be able to go to the supermarket. Say he that the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Praise the Lord. So the mark of the beast, the RFID, was released in March, I believe it was 25th, of 2013, by the U.S. President Barack Hussein Obama. Praise the Lord. And so the, the Bible says, why is the beast wants this mark? Well, it is tied up with, with, with his evil, his own evil, his own personal evil, his own personal evil. That no man by my itself, but he that has the mark, the, the mark of the name of the beast and the number of his name. His name is tied up with the RFID. But what is it called? That the, the plan that he, he, he brought to the U.S., the Obama Care. Obamacare. Praise the Lord. And when the software that goes in the RFID was made, it has to be tied up with him. Okay, he don't care. For sure he don't care. But the software that was tied up with the RFID, it is still tied up with him. Even if he comes out of the office, even if he comes out of the office, brothers and sisters, the RFID will still have the Obama in there. And the Word of God says clearly, look what it says. This is why we need to read uh, carefully and slow. That no man might buy himself. Say he that had the mark, of the, of the, the mark of the name of the beast, the name of the beast, this shit might have to have Obama in it. And it has it. It has Obama in the system of the ship, in the number of his name. Yes, a number is assigned to each RFID ship brothers and sisters, for the computer to be able to identify each individual. 
A number is a sign. A sign. Well, the, good, the word of God says that the, the beast name and the number of his name. Well, a number was created with his name is what the word of God teaches us that is put in the RFID technology. The Obama and then a number that follow his name and then the number of the patient. So his, his, number, his name and the number are in the RFID already. Implanted. Praise your Lord. It is so bad. It is just so bad. A lot of people have not really studied this even deeper because there's so much information tied up with this. Praise your Lord. He has been the only president come out with such technology. Did the U.S. have this technology back in the early 90s, 80, uh, in early 90s? Yes, they did. Why didn't they come out with this technology back then when Ronald Reagan or when uh, Bush's father was in office? Why didn't they come out with this? They already had this technology because it was not the time. There was not the time. That's why. The time when the bees began, 2008, 2009, that's when they, they have to say, all right, this is, this, this is the time for us to go ahead and put it together. And you heard of many companies coming together and, and investing millions of dollars into the RFID technology to modify, to make it better, to, to, for the body to be able to work with, and for more information to be put in it. Now, all your medical is in there, all your financial is in there. There's so much information in the RFID that can fake. And the one that they just released, this, this, uh, I think it was past year on the beginning of this year, is way more advanced. It, is, it can fake more information, and people are loving it. But we are, we're, the Christians, we're hating it. They are loving it, but we're hating it. We're rejecting it, what we're doing. Praise the Lord. But they, they are they are congratulating congratulating each other for what they have come up with. And they say it's totally secure. And the U.S. is willing to back it up with a lot of money. Totally secure, they say. But for the Christian, for us, it's totally insecure. It's totally evil. And we don't want no part of it. Don't you want any part of it? Because it might be secure, but it might be the security people will have to stay in the tribulation, not to go home in the rapture. That is that way because the Lord said, this is the mark of the beast to us. As we ask the Lord, many question whether still it is, when it is. There are more people now in the world getting the RFID than anything else. They don't even have food stamp or nothing else, but they're getting the RFID. They, they don't have money to eat, and they're getting the RFID. How do you like that? It's even getting more popular than food lately, brothers and sisters. That's how evil it is. So you still think it's not when, when poor people in Central America, Obama gave the president money to, to bring it to the people. And I have email from poor, poor people who, who have to work for a meal all day long for being offered the RFID by the government, who never gave them anything all their life. They're, they're offering the RFID. So, you know, I, I want you to meditate on exactly what is going on around the world. It's being offered even in Africa, frozen around the world. The RFID now is being brought. Now the African government had to come out uh, uh, practically with an incentive for the people, which they never had done in the whole history, to bring this to the people. And so uh, the Palestinians are trying to convince the people right now to have the RFID because they want everyone to have it around the earth. Around the earth, they have 
the, Obama then got the whole earth map, map for the RFID. They want every single country to have it by next year. Okay. Praise the Lord. And by next year, 2016, they, China has already begun to promote the RFID and to implant it on their people. And the government of China wants it more massive. They're already demanding this from their people. And a lot of people, not the word, are afraid. They're afraid. That's why people of God cannot be quiet about this. A lot of people have stopped talking about this or preaching about this. You cannot. You cannot. Because uh, you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, people get the RFID in the right hand, how bad it is. And you got you need to hear from the Lord how bad it is. And then it's going to move you right away to start in your Facebook and everywhere telling people, look, don't get it. Because you're talking about millions and billions of people right now being rich, rich with the RFID. They're being, they're, they're reaching out to them. That's what I'm trying to say. They're reaching out to them to get the RFID, brothers and sisters. All these nations, India, all these nations that you thought, well, they're not going to get it because they don't believe in this stuff. It's not a matter of belief. They're pushing dollar behind it. And, and they're pushing a lot of money behind it. And so these people that have been struggling financially are saying, yes, yes. But they, they don't know the evil that is behind all this. Praise the Lord. And when, every time I talk about this on the Lord Tower country that are listening to me, they're, they're already telling me, oh, this has stuff been promoted. Hallelujah. Been promoted in my country. All over the world, people are just telling me, hey, it's being promoted in my country. The Palestinians are talking about it. So they know exactly what I'm saying. But people here, <clears throat> people in the United States that should be talking about it, the church that should be talking about this, are being quiet. Why is that? When this is coming out of the United States, this evil is coming out of the United States, reaching the whole world, the four corners of the earth, God and Magog, why are you being quiet about it? Why are preachers being quiet about it? They're reaching God and Magog, brothers and sisters, the four corners of the earth. It's being reached by the RFID. If it's not the mark of the beast, why are poor countries who have nothing to do with technology being reached by the RFID? You tell me now. Poor people, poor family that are writing to me, telling me about this. Some some people, just to be able to write an email to me, have to go to someone or have to, have to ask someone to do it for them, please. Some people don't know how to even send an email. And they go to someone and say, please, will you send this email to Brother Alvey? Just to let them know what is going on from Central America. Poor, poor, poor country. Brothers and sisters. But they hear what is going on with the government offering the RFID. Pushing this stuff to the throat. Brothers and sisters. On them. So what are they realizing? This is the mark of the beast. Because why, why, why so much emphasis on it? Why is it so important that people have to have it? Why so much business people in Central America have to have it and they have it already? Why? Why are these major companies uh, in, 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 I believe it was in Ecuador, someone was writing to me, that the, the government was pushing this through the radios, uh, radio and television, and they were being demanded that they have it by the government. And so all these radio stations, all these people that work on it, went and got the RFID and the, and, and the, and the employee 
of these radios, we're selling them. You have to have it. If you're going to work here, you have to have the RFID. So they were demanding this from the people, literally just telling people, no, you're going to have to get it. If you want to work here, you have to get it. Because some people say, I don't want to get this stuff. I, what do I, I don't know what this thing, what do I need to have this? And the, um, the employer was telling them, no, you have to have it. Why? Because the government behind them is pushing it on them, and now they're pushing it on their people. So it's practically being made mandatory, brothers and sisters. Mandatory. And they don't have, they, the government is just bringing this, and telling them they have to have it, and where is in their constitution? So they're just using their power, their political power to do this. They're doing, brothers and sisters, like the Obamacare being brought in the United States. They're being brought here because uh, all the other care, care that they have for the people, they call it free care, was taken away, like it happened in Massachusetts, and all they had available was Obamacare. Praise the Lord. And then the doctor will tell you, well, you need the RFID. And you're sitting there, what do you mean? The information was secure. And then telling the homeless, you got to get the RFID, or if you go apply for for full stamp, uh, you you will have a tough problem, a tough time, and you may not even get it. And so a lot of people who who, who have, have, have such a tough time, who have no money, no food, no job to eat, and, and went to the line applying for full stamp, and you know, and they did not get it. They were being told if you get the RFID, you automatically qualify for full stamp. So a lot of people say, "All right, here's here's my hand." And so uh, that's why in the female camp, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. In the female camps, people are getting the RFID, homeless people, just to get the the, the full stamp. They're getting it. I mean, I see this homeless guy going to to uh, Rite Aid, I believe it was, and and I'm going in, in Nashville to Rite Aid, and I see this guy, and you know, I I see, it looks to me like he needed money for food, or so I said, let me give him a few dollars so he can get some bread or whatever he needs to eat, and and when I looked at his arm, he had his arm crossed. I can see the RFID in his right hand, and and immediately I I stop because this is not something I preach. I talk on the Lord's hour, but for me to see a homeless person with the RFID in the right hand, to me that's like, wait a minute, am I in the tribulation already? What is going on here? And I told people, I even told people here on the Lord's hour, I said, that's it. What is this? What is this? And then we were ministering to this girl, homeless girl. And she was telling, he was telling us how his how friends, they're all getting the RFID. People from the street, she sleeps most of her life on the street. She's homeless. We were helping her with food, clothing, and that. And she was telling us about this. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, man, this is sad. This is sad. But he had the RFID in his right hand. I'm scratching my hand whether I should give him some money or should I say, well, he already got the RFID. Tough situation, brothers, believe me. Very tough for me, very difficult. Um, I, I, you know, this stuff was came out in 2013. I didn't think that, um, uh, I didn't think, brothers and sisters, that I would encounter people or people, homeless people, poor people that have the RFID in my life before I went home to be with the Lord. I, I didn't think so. I, I thought business people, I would see business people and all things like that, but homeless people, 
people in the street with the RFID, it may be very uncomfortable, very, very. I'm not used to that because I know that it means the market of beast. I asked the Lord myself. He told me it is. And for me to see homeless people, poor people with the RFID in the right hand, I, I really felt very uncomfortable. Praise your Lord. Very uncomfortable just to see the situation. And I didn't know how to go about it. It, it, just, it just broke my heart because... The Lord told me it is the mark of the beast. Praise the Lord. And somehow I was hoping that I was wrong. Believe me, somehow I thought, well, maybe I, I, uh, someone would tell me, no, the Lord told me it's not. Or, you know, brothers and sisters, a lot of these things were so shocking to me. Even when the Lord told me it's still shocking, it's still, um, it, it took me some time to really say, wow. Because when Chu Thomas sent me the email and told me about this, I needed to ask the Lord right away. It's what I tell people. You hear something from me, you ask the Lord. And I went to the Lord about it. I said, Lord, is is this really what Chu Thomas, your daughter, says? And he said, yes. The word was, yes, it is. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. He said, yes, it is to me. And I'm like, Wow. Wow, this this is shocking. This 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 is a a strong word for me. And I even thought, how am I going to come on the Lord's hour and talk about this? I didn't I didn't really wanted to really. But since the Lord told me yes, I I really have come out and just say it is, you know. And a lot of people did not agree with me, but a lot of people, Lord is raising more prophets, confirming it to more people. So now a lot of people don't know it is. It is because the Lord, it surely is confirming it to a lot of people, brothers and sisters. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, keep your family in prayer. Pray for yourself. Prepare for the righteous. Prepare to go home with the Lord. Prepare to go home with the Lord. We are deep into the midnight hours. There is no time left. The Lord told me, God, the Father told me that there's no time left. Brothers and sisters, no time left. Praise the Lord. If a lot of people don't believe, that we are deep into the midnight hour. If they don't believe that Jesus is going to come any day, any minute, if they don't believe this, they are going to open their eyes soon in the tribulation. And when they see these people turning on zombie and beast, they're going to say, Brother Alvy, and many of these people were right. We should have listened to them. Because the Lord allowed me, allowed me to hear people who stay to say they were right. Is what they say. What they was, what these people were preaching was right. But it's so sad because I would like to reach out more people. That's why I ask people. I need your help. I need your help. I cannot do this on my own. If 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 you are afraid to say anything, take my audio, post it everywhere. Post it whatever you can. Promote it. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm saying it. Although people should, will say you should not say it. No, I'm saying it. Praise the Lord, because if one people believe and repent and seek the Lord, that's one soul that is saved. And that's what's important, my brothers and sisters. That soul will be saved. That soul will come to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That they will give the light to Jesus. They will give the light to Jesus. Praise the Lord. And some people who have been in the situation I was, and seeing people with the RFID have written to me and said, Brother Alvi, I seen it myself, and I was shocked. But all I can remember is what you said on the Lord's Tower. My goodness, Alvi, this is real. 
Praise you, Lord. It is real. It is happening. And it's happening more every day. More every day. It might be that by the middle of 2016, if we ever get there, I don't know. It might be that more than 50% of the U.S. US Americans or have the RFID already. That's how fast they are pushing this, brothers and sisters. They have even said, they have even asked Donald Trump, would he continue to promote the Obamacare? He said, yes. Hillary Clinton will do it and put a lot of money behind, and Donald Trump will do it. So if your hope is in Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, know that they will go further with this stuff. They will keep pushing this stuff. They'll keep promoting the Obamacare. They are all with Obama. Hillary and Obama are together. Obama and Donald Trump are together. Don't think any other thing. Trust the Lord, not trusting men. We have a lot of people here trusting men in the U.S. You got to stop that. You need to trust the Lord. You need to trust Jesus. You need to trust God. You need to get back in your relationship with the Lord and stop trusting Donald Trump. Stop trusting, trusting your government. Stop trusting Hillary. Not more than are trustworthy. Not more than are trustworthy. You need to trust Jesus. He is trustworthy. He has never lied. He's been truthful from the beginning. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. More people will, have, will continue to have dream about Hillary Clinton. Over three years ago, I remember even in the beginning of the Lord's Tower, the, God gave me a dream, a revelation of Hillary Clinton. I share my revelation with people. Back then, people did not believe me. Praise the Lord. I saw a woman, praise the Lord, coming into the government to lead the government. Praise the Lord. And, and when, when I saw the woman, it was Hillary Clinton, brothers and sisters. And I told people back then, you said, oh, you're crazy. She will not be the next president because Obama became the next president after that. But I saw her, and, and, and the Lord showed this to me. And God was not pleased. God was not pleased, brothers and sisters. Now, the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world. John says it's in the world. Hallelujah. It's been in the world. Hallelujah. The Antichrist spirit is, is in the White House. It's all over the world. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. John, 1 John 2, 22 says, Who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ, the same is the Antichrist, that denied the Father and the Son. So what is the Antichrist's job? What is his focus? What is his plan? What is his agenda? To come against Christ, Jesus, and the Father, denying. Jesus and the Father. Come with people without an unbelief. That's what his agenda is. And that's his agenda in the U.S. That's his agenda in, 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 um, in the world. His agenda in the world. So for to denying Christ. We know that Hillary Clinton had denied Christ. We know that Obama, too. These people all had denied. Well, if you believe me, uh, here is his, his, his Sermon on the Mount. Him talking about the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew uh, 5. Go, go look it up on YouTube and hear him speaking about the Word of God, the Bible. And watch what he said. It is an abomination, what he says. It is so sad. He's mocking God with his word. 
practically that is uh, Revelation 13 about the beast. He raised himself against all that is God. That's what he's doing. That's what heavenly have done in these people. They deny Christ and the Father, the assistant of the gospel, the truth, the truthness of the gospel. They come against it with every breath they take, brothers and sisters. They they don't like God because they they know God is in the throne in the lake of fire. It's where they're going to the lake of fire, and they don't like that idea. They think they want to reign. They want to reign. They're going to reign with Christ, but they're going to burn by themselves in the lake of fire. It's what's going to happen. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to rest my throat, brothers and sisters. So, man, we have a lot of listeners on the phone. Praise the Lord. I got the latest prophecy here ready to play. And so I want to go ahead and, and, and play them. Here's some prophecy from yesterday. Let me pray today. Pro- play today prophecy. They're very good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shalom, everyone. Welcome to the Lord Tower. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. We thank you, Jesus, for this privilege, Lord, that we have to come and share your word, Lord Jesus, tonight, mighty Lord. Mighty Jesus, we pray in your name. We bind the strong men and all hinder and spirit, Lord, for anointing to salvation so wet, Lord Jesus, from the pit of hell. Hallelujah, Lord, from the heavenly places, from the power of earth. Mighty Jesus, mighty Yeshua, in Jesus' name, Yeshua, name, Jehoshua, name, oh, Lord, send 900 billion warriors, angel, Lord, for north to south, east to west, up and down, in Jesus' name, Yeshua, name, Lord. Allow me to share your message, Lord Jesus, your word tonight, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name, Lord Jesus. Break the power of the evil one, Lord, that are trying to block your message, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name, we pray to the Lord, we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you will be glorified tonight, Lord Jesus, about you, not us, Lord. In Jesus' name, O oh Lord, we ask you, Lord, to minister to every life listening, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, to break loose the power of the evil one over your people's life, family, and home, Lord Jesus. Lord, to salvation to us. In Jesus' name, Yeshua, name, mighty Lord. Almighty oh, God, glorify yourself tonight, mighty Jesus. Mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, in Jesus' name, O Lord. Allow us, Lord, to share your word tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, where you, Lord Jesus, will, hallelujah, will minister to your people, Lord, according to the need, mighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name. O Lord, O glory and honor be unto you, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Thank you, mighty Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Second uh, Peter, brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Second Peter 3 is where I'm going to be reading tonight, mighty Lord, hallelujah. Uh, second ap- apostle of Peter, of the apostle Peter, uh, chapter 3 says, This second ap- epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and both in which I stirred up your purity of mind by... by Way of remembrance, so our mind can be purified by remembering the word of God. Hallelujah! And we we stir it. We 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 will stir the purity in us. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, there, Lord, body. Praise you, Lord, by the word of God, brothers and sisters. We read and remember what the word of God says, brothers and sisters, that ye may be mindful of the word 
which were spoken beforehand by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, apostle of the Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. So the word that came to us came through God's holy prophet, a holy Jesus who says, Be thou holy in all thy way. Purify their life through the word of God. Hallelujah. Make them ready to be able to speak his word through the through the life, through the mind, through the cleansed, purifying mind. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. So God is so awesome, brothers and sisters, that he's able to cleanse our life, to use us for his glory. Amen. And everything, of course, is for his glory. But he's able to do it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory be to him. Hallelujah. And unto us. Praise you, Lord, because he does it for his glory. And as long as we recognize that it's him that does it, it is humility, brothers and sisters. Amen. Brother Barlow, shalom. Welcome to the Lord Tower. Hello, Brother Avi. It's nice, it's nice to hear you. Amen, Brother. Nice to have you here again. Brother Barlow is my guest tonight. Thank you, Lord. He's going to share tonight what the Lord has been giving him, the revelation the Lord has been giving him. Praise the Lord. Let me go ahead and, and continue to read this word. This word is important. Sure. Praise sure, the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Knowing the, this first, uh, there, there shall come in the last day scoffers, scoffers walking after their own lust, walking after their own lust. So in these last days, scoffers, Praise the Lord. The Word of God says that they will come walking after their own lust, lust of the flesh. We know, according to Galatians chapter 5, what are, what are the desire of the flesh? We, we need to stay away from what our flesh wants because we don't walk after the flesh. We walk after the Spirit, which is humanity, love, hallelujah, and so much more. Thank you, Jesus. So we, we need to be careful when I'm walking after the flesh, that we are walking in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so it is a great example. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, the Apostle Peter, uh, Paul says to the Galatians, this is, this I say them, walk in the spirit and you should not fulfill the laws of the flesh. Why is that? Because if you walk after the desire of your flesh, you are going to sin. You're going to get on the angry side of God, and you don't want to do that. Thank you, Lord. If you walk up to the side of the flesh, flesh cannot submit to the Spirit, and it cannot submit to God. But the Spirit, it is what pleases God because it's love. And when you walk in love, you will always please God. You walk in the Spirit. You're not satisfying. Thank you, Jesus. Your flesh, your flesh wants flesh. Your flesh wants to get angry. Your flesh wants to fight. The flesh wants all these things that are not of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. For the flesh lusted against the Spirit. Hallelujah. And the Spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that ye would. What, what we ye would? We would do the Word of God if we submit to the, to the Spirit, brothers and sisters. That's what he's talking about. So we need to be careful. That our flesh, our flesh and desire are not running our life because if they aren't, we become under the wrath of God and God don't want to destroy us. God wants to give us life. That's what Jesus came for, brothers and sisters. 
But if ye are led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. But if we are under, if we walk by the flesh, we come, we become or we come under the law. And under the law comes dead, brothers and sisters. That's a, this is the side part. After you walk in the flesh, you walk, praise your Lord. And then, there you go, verse 20. I, what are the desires of the flesh? They're manifested, says Paul. Now the, the work of the flesh is manifested. There are the adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, quarreling, revivally, rap, strife, sedition, heresy, heresy, envying, murder, drunkenness, revealing, or reveling, and such like about these things. I tell you again, as I had also told you in time past, that those who do so much things should not inherit the kingdom of God. Anyone walking under the flesh, God cannot, Jesus cannot bring them to heaven. Definitely. It's a clear message. You cannot go home in the rapture if you walk under the flesh, brothers and sisters. This is why we need to walk in the spirit, because we don't want to stay. Whoever wants to stay can stay. Praise your Lord. But if we that wants to go home, we cannot walk under the flesh. If we wants to go home, if he wants to go home, we walk under the Spirit. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Praise Thank you, God. Jesus. Amen. Because the rapture is so close, there's no time to be walking under the side of the flesh. Verse 4 of Second Peter 3, and saying, where, where is the promise of his coming? A lot of people are saying that today. So they'll be, where's the promise of the Lord said he will come. How come he haven't come yet? They say to me, praise your Lord. Well, the Word of God tells you why. Tells you, you and I, why he has not come yet. God is slow to anger, brothers and sisters. We we have to recognize that. It don't mean he's not going to come. It's not, it don't mean that, that he's not going to send his son. He is slow to anger. He, 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 he preferred to have mercy on the world, on us, than destroying people quickly without giving them time to repent. He's giving people time to repent. But if people don't take it serious, they're going to be destroyed. A lot Amen. of people think, oh, it's not going to happen. Oh, it's not going to happen. Look how long he's taking. He's not going to do it. They are misunderstanding God. His wrath is real. His judgment is real. How he not destroy other generations before us thousands of years ago? He did. Then he gave them time. Yes, he did also. Gave them enough time to repent. But when they did not took heed to his message, he ended up destroying it. Praise you, Lord. And God right now, Father God is very angry. Very angry, brothers and sisters. I'm going to share with you what, he, what, I, what Jesus showed me this morning about Father God. Thank you, Lord. Today is a powerful message, a specific message. Praise your Lord here to the people of New York. People in the United States need to understand that they cannot keep playing around with God. God cannot be marked, brothers and sisters. And that's what a lot of people are doing. And God mm. is going to do things that it will not be pleasing to a lot of people very soon. That's what Father God showed me which I'm going to share tonight, brothers and sisters. He showed this to me this morning. Jesus took me out in the spirit, praise your Lord, and showed me these things. His mercy are great and wonderful, and he has been having a lot of mercy on us. But it don't mean this is going to go on 
hallelujah, without any judgment. A lot of people are misunderstanding God. And, and it's a hard thing to fall into the hand of a living God. And that's what people are falling into, and they don't even notice. And his judgment will come. Praise the Lord. I just want to go into the Word before I share the Word, and I have Brother Father come and share what the Lord has been talking to him about. Praise the Lord and showing him. Brothers and sisters, we want to encourage you. We don't, we don't want you to walk under fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But you need to understand that God cannot be mocked like a lot of people are doing. They think that God is not going to do what he's been saying to his prophets. God is being merciful, long-suffering, and they are misunderstanding what God, Father God, is saying. And he will release his wrath on this earth. And it's going to happen soon, quickly than what a lot of people think. Praise the Lord. He's going to destroy this earth, brothers and sisters. He's going to. In his timing, though, in his timing. Not in our timing. A lot of people will prefer that this happened years ago. It don't work that way. His mercy needs to come first because as people will be crying in hell, they need to understand that God gave them many years of mercy. Okay? Like there are a lot of people crying in hell right now to God. Why are they there? And God gave them many years of a, a message to their life. He came to them in many different ways, and they did not listen and they ignored God, and now they find themselves in that place. So will millions of people very soon. This is why a lot of people don't understand a lot of life are at stake here. Lots of life are at stake, and God is being long-suffering. But this is not going to last forever. This is about to all be destroyed. It's about to all end soon. I don't have a day or a time, but as God is telling me, it's soon. As he's revealing it to me, it's soon. And I, I don't want to be a, a, a bad messenger or a messenger of bad news. I want to tell you what is about to come tonight. It's after you to pray. It's after you to repent. It's after you to seek the Lord. Because when that distraction comes, Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. It, that's going to be X for a lot of lives. There will be many lives going to hell. In Jesus Christ, they're not came to kill or destroy. That was the devil. He came to be in her life and have it abundantly. He wants people to, if they die, die in Christ. Whether we live or die, that's both. Hallelujah. We have the Lord. We want to go home with Jesus. That, that's what God wants. That's why he gave us his son to die on the cross. So we have the opportunity to repent and go to heaven. That's what God wants. That's what Jesus wants. That's what the Holy Spirit wants. For us to go to hell. I'm sorry, to heaven, not hell. Not end up in hell. That's what I meant to say. Praise you, Lord. So so they, what, this is what they say. The prophet says, saying, where is the promise of his coming? So those coffers are the ones saying this. We are looking forward to the, his coming. But the scoffers are saying, where is the prophet of his coming? Marking God. For since the Father fell asleep, all the things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. How many people do you hear saying that today? Oh, I've just been this way for so many years. I'm 80 years old, and i always seen this since I was little. I'm 70. I see this since I was little. You heard people saying this. So that gives young people... 
the opportunity to my God, to laugh for God, to laugh for the gospel of Jesus, and they think that this is the way things are going to be, when mm. it's not so. It's not so. This will, this will not be this way for too long. And a lot of people will see the judgment of the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As Moses said to the Israelites, today you will see the salvation of the Lord before the rest is open. Today you will see the salvation of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is the day that we're going to see very soon, the salvation of the Lord for his people. As he takes the bride of Christ home, he took the children of Israel through the water, a miracle. He takes the bride home, a miracle, a rapture, to cut up in the ear. All this stuff is about to happen soon, sooner than what a lot of people think. Praise the Lord. It's one of the things that Jesus was telling Brother Obato. He was telling me today on the phone. A lot of people don't realize how close, hallelujah, uh, uh, don't realize how close Jesus is to come for his bride. You're going to hear from Brother Obato when he was telling me on the phone. It's true. A lot of people don't realize. A lot of people are losing hope when they should not. The bride of Christ should not lose hope. Our hope is Christ. If you lose hope, you lose Christ. You cannot lose Christ. Cry out to him with all your heart. Cry out to him with all your heart. Tell your heart for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But don't lose hope. Don't lose Christ because Christ is our hope. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your Lord. Hang on to the Lord. Verse 5. For, uh, for of this they are willfully ignorant. That's exactly what's going on with the world right now. For they are willfully ignorant by the word of God, the heaven were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and in the water, thank you, Jesus, whereby the world is in them was being overflow, where water perished. Thank you, Jesus. So in the times of Noah, God with water destroyed the earth. Who would have thought that a simple 40-day raining would have created a, a tsunami that will destroy the whole earth. Scientists are still scratching their head on this. They're still trying to understand because there is a lot of proof that the earth was destroyed. But a 40-day nonstop raining, well, a lot of people, they're looking at this more in the natural than the supernatural power of God opening the cloud for the overflowing of the water to come upon the earth. So the natural, hallelujah, we're all, was overflowed by the supernatural power of Father God. That's what they ignore, because they're looking at the natural. But the supernatural power of God is what they don't see. It's what they cannot ponder. Praise you, Lord. But that's exactly what God does with his supernatural power. When it comes brothers and sisters, it will be seen by all eyes because the people in the times of Noah could see the way of water, maybe 200, 300, 400 feet of water, but now it's too late, and that's exactly what's going to happen to people soon. Last night, the Lord took me out of my body and took me to Brooklyn, and there's a bridge, people in New York know this, between Brooklyn and New York. And I got, I had driven through that bridge before, and I tell you this, 
that Father God, as I was invited to preach in a church for over 500 members last night, and as I was in a cab in a cab in New York, we were we were uh, the church was near the bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, and uh, praise the Lord. As I was in the cab about to come out of the cab, I came out. Before I came out, I saw this lightning coming on the bridge. Powerful lightning, powerful, powerful lightning. It went through the whole bridge. You know what happened with lightning and metal? The bridge is metal. It, it just made a loud cloud of, uh, of light, powerful power, uh, cloud of light. Praise the Lord. And it was hitting all the all, all that part of Brooklyn. And I came out of the cab immediately, and I wonder. I, I was wondering of this spectacle right in front of my eyes, brothers and sisters. In order to sign, I see Father God image coming down, and immediately I said, God, Father, come into the earth. I immediately knew this was no good. There was this, this was no good. Praise you, God. I knew immediately this was judgment. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And when Father God came down, he began to speak to me, and he says, I want you to deliver this message to my people. Praise the Lord. And as the message was, he immediately was showing in front of me people of New York, preachers of New York in the United States, famous preacher, dropping dead in the pulpit in church. Wow. And he says, I am going to kill these scoffers and markers of my words in front of them for them to believe and repent, he says to me. Praise you, Lord. And I'm trembling in that glory of God, Father God. And he's telling me, it is time, it is time, hallelujah, for me to remove the fakers, the markers, position my servants, the servants, my servants, put them in position. But I am moving those fakers of my words. Praise the Lord. Out of the pulpits, out of television. They're going to die in front of the people. And I saw people that I knew on television dying of heart attack in different things, strokes right there in front of people, but I could also see the power of God taking them out, right in front of my eyes, I'm like, I'm like, have mercy on me, <laughs> praise you, Lord, praise you, God, and it's not that I consider myself God or my brothers and sisters, but I want God to always have mercy on me, praise you, Lord, and he was killing them, praise the Lord, all over the United States, and he says, this is going to happen. Very soon in front of people's eyes, he is going to begin to clean, remove what is not his from amongst his people. Because a lot of people believe that the gospel of Christ is what is being preached on television today. When it's totally not. This prosperity gospel is not the gospel of Christ. And Father God said, enough, enough, enough. They have marked him enough, and he's going to cut them out. Praise the Lord. He's going to cut them out, he says. And at this time, I'm trembling. My whole body is trembling, shaking. 
And he says, go and tell, tell my people this message. What am I about to do? Praise you, Lord. And I'm here to tell you this, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. I hope this message is put on Facebook and everywhere, and YouTube and everywhere, for them to hear, because they're going to see it. It is not so much to hear, but it's so much what they are about. They are going to see, and God has been warning people in the United States of this. Dr. Award has said how so much full profit are preaching in international television and in the churches of America, mocking God with the gospel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mocking God with this gospel. That is not mm-hmm. of Father God. It's not of the Lord. And Father God saying, enough. Enough. He is not pleased. He is not pleased. They don't know God. They think they do, but they don't. It has been long enough. And mm-hmm. Father God, my goodness, brothers and sisters, he is very angry. And when he takes action, the only thing the Lord says, Father, have mercy. I tell you this. At this time, I cannot see the Lord or hear the Lord. But in other occasions, when I see Father God so angry, all the Lord says is, Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. Because he knows how angry Father God can get. And the mountain melts and hell burns. It makes itself bigger for these people to come down. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Hell is stretching herself for these bodies, for these souls that are going to come down soon. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, let's pray for our soul to be kept. Let's repent. Let's keep our salvation with trembling in fear. Because God come down to remove the faker, the mocker, the scoffers of his word. Praise the Lord. This is going to happen more and more and more. Praise you, God. You're going to see these preachers dead in front of the camera. I've seen this before, brothers and sisters. And now Father God said he's saying he's going to do it again. Don't be surprised because as soon as I saw Father God do this, I saw the people all confused, grabbing the body of the preacher in front of the camera that God just said, kill just kill, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And people were troubled by this. People were troubled by this. Brothers and sisters, may God have mercy. That's it. But that's it. Father God said he had enough. He had enough. No more of this happening among these people. Because this misleads the sheep. It makes them think this is the gospel of Christ. Mason, thank this is the gospel, gospel Christ, and it's not. The gospel Christ, the pure gospel that Jesus gave his life for. They are stepping all over it. They're stepping all over it, brothers and sisters. Praise your Lord. God have mercy. God have mercy. But this is his justice, brothers and sisters. His justice, hallelujah, must come to pass, must be fulfilled. God must be justice. He must be justice with all. He is merciful, but his justice has to come to pass too. He must do this, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Verse 7, but the heaven and the earth which now are, but the same word are kept and stored, reserved unto fire, 
the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly man. All this fire that is about to be released from heaven, hallelujah, it will come on the ungodly, ungodly, those that have none of Christ in them, those that have none of the Holy Spirit in them, brothers and sisters, it will come on them because they are not repenting. And when they hear the gospel, because these these preachers of prosperity, a lot of people don't want nothing to do with the gospel. Because they said, look what these people are doing, just making money on people. They have turned the pure gospel of Christ, the holy gospel of Christ, the truthful gospel of Christ, the way gospel to God of Christ, into a money-making machine. And it's confusing the living daylight out of people, brothers and sisters. This new soul that are coming to Christ, when they turn on, they start. TVN, the garbage they get. It's not from the gospel. They twist and turn the gospel of Christ, the pure gospel that Jesus Christ gave his life to. For, brothers and sisters, but the heaven and the earth which are now, now are, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of the ungodly man. Praise you, Lord. They are being judged by the word in the last day. And Father God, wrath is going to come upon them. Praise the Lord. I hope some of them repent, brothers and sisters. But God has given them enough time, and they keep mocking God. It's what they're doing, mocking him. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whosoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. They are sowing what they don't want to reap, brothers and sisters. Because when they reap what, what they're sowing, it's going to lead them straight to hell. Straight to the pit of hell. The devil and his demons are down there waiting for them to fall. They know, Satan know, knows how holy and truthful God is. He's not going to stand for all this evil that men are doing. In their way, it's heading to hell. That's what they're heading to, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. It's coming. Brother Bother, go ahead and share what, what the Lord has been talking to you about. Are you serious? Are you serious? Folks, we've got some information that's very, very concerning, especially when you think about plagues and pestilences, diseases in the last days. Now, Chipotle restaurants had to close 43 of their restaurants because E. coli outbreak. Chipotle closed 43 of its restaurants in Washington State and Oregon as health officials investigated E. coli outbreak that appears to be linked to a fast, the fast food chain. Now, matter of fact, as of Saturday, there were three cases of E. coli in Oregon and at least 19 cases of E. coli in the state of Washington. And one-third of those stricken were hospitalized, very ill. Now, while the outbreak appears to be linked to food served at Chipotle restaurants, the food or other sources of contamination hasn't yet been determined and remains under investigation, according to the Washington State Department of Health. Now, Chipotle has also been linked to salmonella outbreaks in Minnesota and... Uh, 
this is not good, folks. Matter of fact, most E. coli is harmless, according to the Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention. However, some types can be transmitted through contaminated water or food and cause symptoms like diarrhea and vomiting. The safety and well-being of our customers is always on the highest priority. And a restaurant, according to a statement from Chipotle spokesman Chris Arnold, and after being notified by health department officials in the Seattle area and in Portland, Oregon, uh, you know, here we are with 19 cases and three cases, so 22 total cases of E. coli, and half those folks are in the hospital, or excuse me, one-third of them are in the hospital. Now, while that's going on, Jesus said we would have plagues and pestilences, different types of diseases would come upon the earth as a sign of the end times. Matter of fact, the bubonic plague has also been found in a teenager in Oregon again. The authorities in Oregon have confirmed the case of the bubonic plague in a teenager, who, uh, this young girl who is believed to have contracted the disease from a flea bite. Now, the plague is rare and treatable with antibiotics if caught early. Of course, we know that the bubonic plague killed a third of the world uh, centuries ago, uh, and it was known as the Black Death, killing about a third of the population in Europe. Federal authorities have been puzzled by the increase of cases of bubonic plague this year here in America. Uh, in a statement, the state and health officials in Oregon said they thought the girl was infected during a hunting trip uh, in October the 16th. Uh, and so she's very ill. She, she then got very ill on October 21st and was hospitalized days later. And she right now is in intensive care unit in the hospital, but she really needs our prayers. All these folks that's uh, sick and in the hospital and, and ill from uh, Chipotle restaurant, from E. coli, the bubonic plague, all these folks really need our prayers, folks. It is a devastating thing that happened to you. I know I know. just two weeks ago when I came down ill with uh, hepatitis A uh, and was hospitalized three days in Canada, I didn't had no idea that you could get that ill that quickly. And I'm still in the process of recovering, but I am recovering. And so we praise God for that. Pray for these folks, all right? Because Jesus is the Savior and the healer, and they need our prayers. But this is one of the signs of the end times that Jesus told us would come upon the earth. Are you saved? We're living in the last days. Christ is coming soon. Are you serious? Are you serious? Folks, now I've seen a lot bigger earthquakes than what's happening right now. And I've seen days where there was way more earthquakes than what I see right now. But I wanted to show you a map. You can see the ring of fire, the, what's known as the ring of fire, obviously, all along here, all along here, the ring of fire, okay? Now, there is some other earthquakes that take place in different parts of the world all the time, but this ring of fire is getting more and more volatile all the time. And Alaska, in the last, uh, about within the last two hours, has really, really been hit with several very powerful quakes up here. But let me tell you what's happened. Forty earthquakes in the last 24 hours um, 
that are at least 2.5 or more. But folks, it's like the earth is reeling and rocking back and forth, which is exactly what Isaiah said would happen in the last days in Isaiah 24, verse 20. It says the earth's going to reel and rock like a drunken man. Now, we've had a 5.9 earthquake way down there in Chile, uh, a 4.0 in Afghanistan, a 4.5 in Argentina, a 4.5 in East Timor, then there was two smaller quakes in the British Virgin Islands. 5.5 strong quake was in Taiwan. Um, there were some uh, uh, smaller quakes, U.S. Virgin Islands, the British Virgin Islands. Then there was a 4.5 that hit Vanuatu, followed by 2.7 U.S. Virgin Islands, 4.7 Japan, 3.3 the British Virgin Islands, 4.3 California, 5.2 Fiji, 4.5 Japan, 5.1 El Salvador in Central America. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.